Hi, and welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade. I'm Molly O'Brien. And you there, girl, what day is it? It's Christmas Day. Yes, that's right. It's Christmas Day. And just because today is the day we celebrate the birth of our Lord, it's no reason why tomorrow we can't celebrate the birth of new content. I love when content gets born. It's also Boxing Day tomorrow, which is why we're boxing up some old content and repackaging it as a fresh, hot new clip show to send out to all our loyal subscribers on this, the holiest of all Tuesdays. Is this the holiest of all Tuesdays? I don't know. You're the one who was raised Catholic. I think there's at least one, just one holier Tuesday. It's like in the Lenten time, the pre-Easter, the Easter pregame. Easter pregame? Is that Fat Tuesday? Uh, mm, no, that's actually, that is the real Easter pregame. Um, but no, the week, the Holy week actually think Tuesday is nothing, but then it's Ash Wednesday and then Holy Thursday and then, um, fucked up Friday. It would be great if, uh, Fat Tuesday really was like a mass pregame where you like took your SUV down to the church parking lot and, uh, pulled out a whole bunch of like cheese dips and, uh, beer, uh, helmets and just really got a uh, fucking hype to celebrate the Lord. I would love to tailgate for God always. Uh, but tailgating for God isn't the reason we got together today. It's to count down some of our favorite bits from the past half year, our first half year of content. Uh, Molly, do you have any that stand out to you that you want to uh, talk about at first a moment that, that you really thought that what we're doing here, uh, quote unquote works. <laughs> I mean, I think they all work in, in one way or another. Um, I think all of our podcasts are good and every moment is just the most funny, insightful moment you've ever heard in your entire life. I love all our children. But I really do. I like when we talk about how bands become businesses um, and then either thrive or fail accordingly. Yes, that is that is always the turn when the band becomes a business. Um, I always like realizing when a uh, a a a problem goes from a fun kind of problem to a bad kind of problem or just a problem involving like legal contracts but i'm also now thinking just sort of in the wake of our new tax bill like is a mid-level band like say uh i don't know neon indian are they a small business when at one point does a ba- like a band go from like a small business owner to like bit you know like a big business owner like what's the what line do we draw what Mazda commercial is the one yeah. I want to shout out to all our small business owners out there like the members of the 1975 <laughs> 1975 might be that's the thing like they might be more of a big business <laughs> I consider a big business like when you're talking about the mega corporations of band you're going into like your U2s and stuff I get I mean guess when does a business stop being a business I think we need to stop thinking about music in terms of quality and start thinking in terms of market cap and price to earnings ratio <laughs> maybe like uh, a band like the 1975 would be like a mid-level regional like restaurant chain like a Perkins I've never been to Perkins, but... Well, if you grew up in Ohio, you would understand what I was talking about. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I understood. Uh, or maybe like a Stewart's for you, right? That's your local mid-level uh, chain restaurant. It's not a restaurant, but you can buy um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches there, which I actually realize is pretty next level, and not a lot of places do that. Prefab PB&J. <laughs> Sorry if we sound both drowsy and punchy 
Molly's been traveling for about 12 hours straight. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of nothing today. So, uh, it's a very tired time for us. If you want to know where to not eat in the Charlotte airport, um, ask me. Uh, that's, that's very key advice. Did you know that there are many ways a sandwich can be bad? There are like seven different ways. Um, anyway, more prefab pre PB and J more market cap 2018. Molly, what was your uh, slogan for 2018? Well, my, this is cribbed obviously from, uh, the good brothers of my brother, my brother and me of picking a theme for the year that has to sound like the year. Um, 2017 was 20 serpentine. When people think you're going to zig, you got to zag on them. But, um, I have a couple candidates for 2018. One of them is 20 slate clean, which is just like, we got to start over. It's been a big mess. We just got to keep going, keep moving. Um, blank slate, Taylor Swift, that kind of thing. But I also want to do 20 give it a wait teen, uh, in the, in the style of like a Buddhist red hot chili peppers, um, study teaching of just like, give it away. You want to Marie Kondo your life and not even, not just your life, but the year. Yes. Yes. I want to have nothing in it and give away all the potentially useful bits to other people. Whether it be your mama your papa, your dog, you drink a little water. How's that song go again? I feel like I, I should know more than anyone. There's your father, your mother, and then um, papa. You, there's, you do a little dance and you drink a little water. I knew there was water in there somewhere. Well, speaking of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, let's get started with this countdown. Uh, coming in at the uh, hot at the... I'm not going to say the top of the chart because these aren't in any particular order, but I, I would say track one in our uh, greatest hits volume one. Uh, we're going to cut right to uh, the tale of Mr. Anthony Kiedis uh, off of his memoir, A Scar Tissue. Here is um, the tale of Anthony Kiedis giving Sinead O'Connor uh, driving lessons. Check it out. He just has this way of this corny ass Kiedis way of talking about sex where he says he, he wheedles a Japanese fan until she gave up the whole enchilada of love. And then he meets his next girlfriend, Carmen, and falls under the tsunami of her love. Oh, boy. God. What is the enchilada, man? Like, uh, I, I don't the, know. The upshot of that is that <laughs> his lyrics are not metaphorical or poetic that is how anthony kiedis relates to life and women of just like different mexican foods yes (laughs) (laughs) the big cheesy gordita if anything i I feel like his best bits are go into his lyrics and these sort of cornball sentiments are the leftovers of what aren't in lyrics or perhaps there were lyrics that never made it to to songs that were put on tape. Yeah. Is he trying to sound poetic about it or is he trying to sound intentionally disrespectful? Like maybe a little bit of both, <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, so he meets this next girlfriend, Carmen, 
uh, age unspecified. Carmen is a blonde with a bowl cut who does things like punch herself in the face to give herself a black eye when she feels like he's straying. Um, And then after they break up, Anthony has a dalliance with Sinead O'Connor. I know we had briefly, I'd mentioned this Sinead situation. Um, He says, I gave her driving lessons in my 67 convertible matte black Camaro. We drive around and listen to music and kiss and whatnot, but she wasn't exactly letting me all the way in her door, so to speak. And I don't just mean vaginally. So she was Wait, like closed off. Or does that mean that he was hanging outside the car? N- no, this, he's he was speaking vaginally and also emotionally. She wasn't letting her in the door. He was in the car. <laughs> I'm just again am baffled about the. It just seems like a very inefficient use of both of their time to, for him to be giving the driving lessons here. Yeah, I mean, I'm just shocked that she would give him the time of day. Like it didn't <laughs> yeah. seem like she would want to. Like, you can look at that guy and, mm-hmm. s- and see, like, what he is. He he hides nothing. He is brutally honest in his presentation. An open book. He doesn't, like, he doesn't care about Ireland. She's like, I have serious yeah. thoughts about religion and Irish politics. And he's like, I like to take my wing-wang out and wave it around. <laughs> I think the Pope <laughs> rules. He's sexy. <laughs> 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 the Pope? Why? That's the that's the fuck hottest se- head of state there is. <laughs> What's yeah. your problem, you man? My song, Funky Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the Funky Pope was a dance craze. Briefly started in the late eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, John thinks that this sort of arena concert level fame is lame, uh, and he's really uncomfortable with it just hates it and it creates a lot more attention uh which anthony calls uh control freak anthony versus hater of this experience john (laughs) and i think we've all met people who are like haters of this experience and it's like really come on enjoy the ride Anyway, it gets so bad that they basically stop speaking and then John sabotages their SNL performance of Under the Bridge by playing in the wrong key. Just totally screws it up. Um, I didn't watch. Have either of you seen this moment? Should we like pull it up or something? I've seen it. It's I mean, it's not hilarious, but it's like (laughs) it's pretty great. (laughs) Should we should we try to listen? Yeah, let's try to listen. So Anthony basically says that he. okay. Anthony basically says he deals with it just by like just continuing to try like you know there's at a certain point you're on live television and there's nothing you can do but I think it's so funny that SNL just provides a venue for people to like sometimes just choke like for 30 years just a chokage field yeah once again the red hot chili pepper Oh my god. You immediately see it on Anthony's face. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Sometimes I feel like I don't have a part. Oh my god, this is so Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in. Chad's face is like, 
Dude. Dude. <laughs> I drive on the streets, She's my companion. Walk through my I don't know if you guys are going to listen to the whole thing. All right, yeah, let's let's But you should definitely skip to the end, like the, the big under the bridge downtown part with the backup vocals. Oh, he sounds like fucking Klaus Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow, that's... I'd never seen that before. That's really crazy. And I never heard about that in, like, rock folklore either. That one missed me, but... It's... I mean, it clearly sounds like... So, the the backstory is, too, that, like, Anthony is... Doesn't really think of himself as a singer, and this is one of the first songs that he really has to sing... And he says it's like not, he's not used to the range. And he even starts going to like a voice coach to try to learn how to sing for realsies. Right, right, right. And, and then this happens. And so he's always, he needs the guitar cue at the beginning in order to know what key he can't, he doesn't yeah, have perfect yeah, pitch or anything like he's that. He's doing the thing that I do in karaoke, which is like sliding into each note. Uh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Revolver's first single that got serious attention was on the soundtrack to Ang Lee's The Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I think it's Sorry. called Set Me Free. Uh, like, are, and that's wait, why. Are they talking about The Hulk? The Hulk Within. The Hulk Within. <laughs> I wish that song was called Unleash Your Hulk. Unleash Your Inner Hulk. Uh, it's just a bad combination of things, like a, mm-hmm. uh, a group hitting at the wrong time, hooking their star to the wrong trailer. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so the, this happens, uh, they manage to record an album, but then Scott eventually relapses and Duff actually has a relapse as well. Oh no. Um, so it's a, like an interesting sort of self analysis why he thinks this happened. Uh, this is right after getting Scott detoxed. He says, at this point, I should have taken a step back and assessed the situation. Never before had I felt I had so many people depending on me. I was now juggling being a good father and husband with trying to get a guy sober so he could do the same. But I was also doing this because I saw real possibilities for this new band with Scott as our singer. Other people recognized the potential there, too, and I was fielding phone call after phone call saying I had to make this happen. Uh, with the national exposure, there was a lot of interest in Velvet Revolver. Of course, everything hinged on the band actually existing. For the first time ever, I was mixing... As mixing the spiritual healing of martial arts with commerce. It's never a good idea. Don't mix the spiritual healing of martial arts with commerce. Yeah. um, And we know that now and I will never, I will never mix those two again. But you're seeing, you're seeing uh, (laughs) Duff really go from being like the kid to being the daddy. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of pressure to deal with. Yeah, he's got a wife and wife and kids. And, and even when he was in GNR, mm-hmm. like he could kind of be like the guy on the side. Yeah. He was like, I'm just I'm just the good bass boy. Mm-hmm. This is like this is Slash and Axel have like the the responsibility roles. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're the engine that drives this thing. And I just, you know, me and Matt, need, just need to keep, you know, our, our little bass and drum wheels turning. Yeah. 
behind it. Now he's got to keep everyone in the pocket. Yeah. Now, he, yeah, he's not just about keeping himself in the pocket. He's got to keep Scott in the pocket. Too. Yeah. His, so his, his baby boy, Scott, his little baby boy. Uh, Travis gets engaged to Melissa. <laughs> Because that's definitely going to last. Here's what happens at his bachelor party a couple days before the wedding. This is a quote from um, one of his sort of, there's a lot of, it's hard for me to keep track. There's a lot of, I don't, uh, uncharitably would call them hangers on Mm -hmm. or yes men, but he's just got a squad. Travis likes to squad up. So there's a lot of people that are like surrounding him at this time. They're coming in and out of the picture. Does it, you haven't mentioned. I think you would call them friends. But you haven't mentioned a specific friend this entire time. So it sounds like the people that do come in are people that are just kind of around. Yeah, they're not other like if he's friends with other musicians, like, you know, that they're other musicians and he like works with them. But if they're just bros, mm-hmm. sort of random hanging out party bros, like I can't keep their name straight. Frankly. Yeah, sure. So Travis's bachelor party, he's this friend says girls that weren't even strippers came on stage and were getting naked. The strippers were getting jealous. So they started doing crazy shit. Then girls were sucking Travis's dick. Not one girl, not two girls, not 20 girls. Every woman wanted to suck his dick. Travis had the lips of at least 30 to 40 different women on his dick two days before his wedding. That That's sentence construction is unbelievable. 30 to 40 women. He's got, That's so gross, he's man. He's got a magnetic dick. <laughs> that is so gross. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't want to shame anyone for anything that they do because you do you. But that is a lot. That's a lot of lips on your dick. Again, it's <laughs> like it doesn't even seem sexual or fun at that point. It's just at that like, point, it's a production. Yes. I don't know how, how great that like felt. once it gets to the point where it's clear that every woman in the room is going to try to mm-hmm. get her lips on your dick. You're just sitting there like, all right, well, let's keep it moving. There's next. No more than 30 seconds. we got to keep it on. There are a lot of people there's here. More, there's more people coming in. Oh, God. Just I'm, t- like I'm tired. Move them through. Take a number. Come on. Someone give me a drink. Yes. Thirsty. I, I can't look guys. I can't get up. I can't move. Yeah, I get someone's got to do bring a menu over. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's what like, time is it? It's like how I imagine Oprah feels at the end of favorite things where people have been screaming for at least an hour and she's just like, you get a car and you, you get to suck my dick and you, you get, get to suck my dick and you get to suck my dick. Uh, it really sounds like there's a hypnotic quality to him. Yeah, he. It sounds like he's just woman, woman candy, woman catnip, woman, woman nip, woman nip, gal nip, gal nip. At this point, Ronnie's singing career is effectively over. Um, it's like the mid mid to late sixties, like sixty seven or six, no sixty past sixty eight. Uh, Phil tightens his leash. He buys Ronnie a car. For some reason, he lets her drive alone. Like, that's okay. Um, But he also gets a perfect inflatable replica of himself to sit in the front seat so she'll never look like she's alone. Blank stare. (laughs) And now we've gone into full-on supervillain. Full-on supervillain. Um, like he, he, he brings it to her and she's like, what is this? And he's like, it's so no one messes with you. And she's like, okay. Fine. I don't. She doesn't say whether she ever uses it or not, but I assume she's probably forced to a couple times. Look, I'm just surprised he lets her have a car. Unless I'm in some kind of crazy movie, if I ever find myself buying a life-size inflatable replica of myself, mm-hmm. I will know I have made bad decisions. What What would actually be a good use for a, a life-size rep, uh, inflatable replica of yourself? I would say like pool st- toy. <laughs> Maybe. 
doppelganger pool toy like I, the ultimate instagram accessory i was going to say like using it to scam the carpool lane in certain <laughs> highways but that wouldn't even be a good use Is for it because it, it wouldn't be good for it to look exactly like you you'd want it to look like a different person that's the thing. Well, I mean, to be fair, it'd be Maybe really cute if you and your identical twin carpooled together every day. <laughs> that would be very cute. Aww. <laughs> Just me and my fake twin. Um, she start, uh, Ronnie starts drinking out of boredom and loneliness. Uh, not a good reason to start drinking. Mm, nope. Um, she says, I knew so little good about liquor. To start drinking. Excitement and friendliness. Excitement, friendliness, uh, New Year's Eve, weddings, uh, Donald Trump getting elected. Uh, Earth Day. Er- uh, yeah. Labor Day. Swedish Midsummer. Swedish Midsummer's festivals. Um, just being in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's it. Yep. That's all the reasons. Um, boredom and loneliness, not great. Uh, she says, I knew so little about liquor that I bought great Manischewitz because I remembered seeing it on the table at Phil's mother's house. She gets fucked up on Manischewitz for years. Really? Years. Oh, my God. I thought I also thought that that was going to be a callback to our bar mitzvah days. No. Well, uh, um, I don't think she had it back then, but she says she hides it in her toilet tank and she drinks it after Phil goes to sleep. Wow. That is some kind of closet alcoholism. Yeah, that's Um, I mean, I guess it really speaks to just her level of like non-participation in the world um, or inability to participate in the world because even then I feel like it wouldn't be super hard to find out like what vodka is right yes like if you ever watched a television maybe although maybe there wasn't that much she was watching well she was watching tv she like she would literally spend days watching soap operas where i assume they drank but maybe Maybe tv was different back then tv was it's also just this horrifying sad life where they the lights go out and then waiting for each other to go to sleep one goes and rubs fucking nail polish remover on Mm -hmm. his horrible bald head and the other goes and drinks some great manischewitz out of the toilet Right. My God, in this 23 room mansion, what a horrifying scene Horror we have show. pictured. So nothing Is was Sandals planned. a swinger's place? No. Does swinging happen at Sandals? Assuredly. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, yes. Not all swingers go to Sandals. sandals. But all Sandals host swingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So nothing was planned at this festival. Uh, all the It seems like the entire budget... And effort was going into securing models and athletes and everyone to post about it, but nothing was actually happening to plan it. So by this is February, how we're going to build a better, better world. More posting. This more is how posting. politics is going to get changed. This is how better events and experiences are going to be made for people. Never stop posting. This is how we're going to build a brighter tomorrow. Post before plan, baby. Yeah. <laughs> post he first, was, think later. He yeah. was just like the secreting it, maybe. Like he just really <laughs> wanted the festival to happen. Oh my God, it's so crazy how much work goes into a festival that you think it could just like come together is so insane. Even it's, festivals it's, that have been planned still go wrong. Often, And it's like when you're at one of these things, anything from a uh, like a a state fair to a huge music festival. It's like when you think of any individual thing of it, like you might just be in a big field with like a stage on one end and some like snacks on the side. But when you think about any specific part of like a snack truck that needs to get there and also needs to get access to heat, water, uh, you know, a constant supply of food into it. Where is that food coming from? They have to negotiate with vendors on like Mm -hmm. every single 
the, you know, the electricity for the lights of the stage needs to be contracted to replace that as reliable. Gen- like every part of the it bathrooms goes- alone is probably staffed by like 25 yes. people. Yes. I, I'm, I'm sure that Coachella just has like a bathroom division. Yeah. Yes. That's just like, it's just their responsibility to like do run the numbers on porta potties, <laughs> run the numbers on trailer. Like, yeah. you know what that is. Get the best. Really just crunch those one and ones and twos. They have yeah. a CPO, like chief Saturday potty operator. N- <laughs> Let's bring in more cleaning crews for like Sunday morning because it's max like puke time. Yeah. Like, like people are thinking this through. There yeah, are charts and graphs. Charts and graphs. They're in like a a, a uh, Houston style control room, except it's just all bar graphs about potty levels. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you got to do it. It's complicated. Oh, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> what I heard was Billy literally Googled how to rent a stage, and he rented a stage, and that was it. So that that was all they had. Like at that point, there was literally not a stage, and so we googled how to. I'm just gonna Google that right now. Oh yes, please tell us. What I happens. hope the first hit is if you are McFarlane, Billy McFarlane is that his name? Yes. yes. If you Billy are Billy McFarlane, please take a break from the internet. <laughs> wow. So you you can rent a stage. Um, I'm finding ones that are like you know four feet by four feet. Great. It's a start. Uh. You know, forty one ninety five gets you like a little, like one of those little skirts that you can put around the stage. Great, right. we're so, almost to a festival. So yeah, that, I think just add models and you're good. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're good. The just models add are, mo- models to stage skirts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, models are usually pretty tiny. You don't need a lot, or you can fit a lot of them on a pretty small stage. Sure. Save money that way, mm-hmm. and hire one of those tiny bands. You one know. of those tiny bands. Yeah. Like a singer songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking of like a band made of like six inch tall people. Okay. Oh, like sure. A yeah. A little fusion band. Playing a little toy piano? Yeah, playing a little Aww. toy piano. That sounds great. Think of, imagine just like a, an Ed Sheeran, except he's like 10 inches tall. So little. <laughs> like the borrowers. Yes. yes. Uh, that's great. Guys, Ed Sheeran that. looks like a borrower that's been blown up to he does. a person size. Can I just say, I do not accept the reality of Ed Sheeran being. Uh, being that into sex. <laughs> Interna- yeah. International sex symbol. I mean, I understand people being attracted to him because people are always attracted to talent, but the content of his songs being like, I'm in love with your body. I just don't buy don't it for buy it. one second. Like a song about a prostitute dying in the cold. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> I thought I was going to say like a picturesque moonlit blend. That too. But his first hit is about a prostitute dying in the cold. Yeah. And she don't want to go my Ed Sheeran knowledge is limited to like maybe some hooks and also knowing of his terrible tattoos. Yes, his tattoos are truly awful. He, Another p- reason why I don't believe him being that into bodies. Yes. Uh, the... <laughs> The first time, or the seeing the picture of him in the car with all his tattoos, he looks like he got bigged from the Tom Hanks movie Big, and then his first decision was go to the tattoo parlor. Yeah, just fuck me up. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I got I got so much more real estate now that I'm not a borrower. <laughs> um, I think. I mean, I don't. I'm not like a super huge fan. I think his music is good. Like, yeah. for I think he is delivering on the promise of what he does. But I'm like, the more and more he veers into like curves of bodies i'm like no, no absolutely not hard no hard no i'm in love with your body every day discovering something brand new i'm in love with the shape of when we can we let the story 
begin, we're going out on our first date You and me are thrifty, so go all you can eat Fill up your bag and I fill up your plate We took for hours and He also spends more time in that song talking about um, like eating at an all-you-can-eat buffet yes. because he wants to save money and then the body comes after. I mean... Maybe he's just a feeder. Oh. I'm going to start this rumor now at Sharon Feeder. Because the larger the women are that he feeds, the more room for bad tattoos. Because once he runs out of <laughs> his own his space. skin, yeah. he needs he's to start find a collection. He's got to a muse and a model. A, no, I'm sorry. A canvas. A canvas. Blank canvas. Um... So Will and Apple are in their own musical group. Um, Tribal Nation changes their name to Atbon Clan. Um, Atbon stands for a tribe beyond a nation. <laughs> yes, that's right. So it's, God, it's almost like saying like, like it's like Albon Pen meets the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> Have like a muffin at the airport. Shaolin muffin. With like seven other guys. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone gets a little piece of the muffin. The peas are on the up and up. They're getting that sweet, sweet Dr. Pepper money. Um, But their biggest blessing, the thing that causes their breakthrough, was 9 11. Uh, 9 11 and the subsequent subsequent warmongering and uh, uh, blatant Islamophobia that they witnessed provide the fodder for the peas breakout hit, Where is the Love? Um, Fun fact about Where is the Love? It was actually Taboo who thought of the ideal person to collaborate on the chorus for this single, and that was Justin Timberlake. We should get that really famous guy. But Will was Busting like into the room after twenty tabs of ecstasy. Guys, that famous guy. That's our secret. Get a famous guy on the song. He's from Insync. They sold like ten million records. Like so, if this was like <laughs> ten years prior, like let's get Michael Jackson for the song. <laughs> but Will was like, the, he's corny. He's like too pop. He's too pop. Like he's too I famous. That, I like to think it's like nineteen ninety four, like or ninety three. Like let's get Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, people were skeptical and Taboo convinced them. Um, They bring Justin in for a recording session and Justin comes in and he's like, he's so depressed because he just broke up with Britney Spears. And so he unburdens himself to the band for like a half an hour, just like vents. Wait, so to Justin Timberlake is where is love like? About Just a, Britney Spears? <laughs> yeah, everyone else was singing about, about the world, and he was singing about Britney. He's just, like, thinking about the time where they wore denim together. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that time? Um, I'm just imagining the, him, like, singing the singing the hooks and then being, like, getting, he's getting really emotional, and they're like, I know, man, I know there's a lot of messed up stuff going on in the world. He's like, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking those beautiful She cheated on me with Wade Robson. <laughs> like, you mean like Britney? Yeah. That's pretty messed up, man. <laughs> the black eyed looking at each other like, uh, sure, man. Sure. I'm never going to find someone better than Britney Spears. <laughs> it's like, meanwhile, the, uh, in the background, the TV's like, invasion of Iraq? And then on another screen, it's like, seventh heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man, the early odds. Um, so, I mean, shout out to Taboo for being classy enough to not reveal any of Justin's secrets because he might have dropped some knowledge that <laughs> the gossip columnist would have been interested in. Uh, I think space. Justin Timberlake makes you sign an NDA. Just, just to be just in the same room. In the same room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to imagine that that's like a, that happens with lots of famous people. And then like, I imagine like when you're so famous, especially like Beyonce, like is, is famous for having tons of NDAs for mm-hmm. like for all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But so. You just never, you'll never hear anything about them ever. So 
but that kind of gives them a certain impunity. So they could go into some place and just act like total maniacs, and like <laughs> no one can talk about it. Yeah, like Justin Timberlake could just be like doing like crazy Gigi Allen shit. <laughs> Like no one would know. I can't wait for the tell-all about how Justin Timberlake shits all over everything and rubs it on himself while he's in the recording studio. I can see that. Future sex love sounds. (laughs) That's what future sex is. (laughs) Yeah, future sex is just What do you think a love sound is? Oh, God. So now that we've established that Justin Timberlake is obsessed with scat. Yeah. (laughs) That's why Britney Spears was like, I'm out. I'm done. Justin Timberlake's like, where's the love? That song is about not being able, your your partner not being able to catch up with your kinks. Keep up with your kinks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, the non-white people in the Black Eyed Peas are like, we have some shit going on. We're going to profile the people going to jail. Yeah. Like, there's like wars in the central places. I'm sad about Britney. (laughs) Speaking of clever things to protect themselves from downturns in uh, the industry, their attorney teaches them to protect their money uh, so that like if they become less popular, they can survive. And so the chic organization LTD was able to do licensing deals, productions, compositions to order. We even purchased rare stamps and documents. We invested in the then new GE technology called the CT scanner and started a medical business called the chic mobile diagnostic laboratories, which sent CT scanners to hospitals that couldn't afford to have the million dollar units in house. That's amazing. Is that not insane? Disco band chic was a part of an investment group that sent cat scans to uh, underprivileged hospitals yes. for a profit. Yes. That is out of this world good. So the next time you hear Le Freak, know that. Think about, ah, cat scans <laughs> for profit. Give us money. <laughs> but See but- your bones on screen. <laughs> <laughs> it was for profit, but it was, it gave, uh, places access to technology that is wild uh I music knew business trivia. i knew you were going to love that because not only did chic were, were they fine with being a corporation but they were a corporation that did some good yeah a successful I, you know the rare stamps i don't even know what the fuck that is about <laughs> so what do you got going on oh you know i'm working on polishing up our new dance floor signals singles and then i got um a few meetings later today about uh, emergent medical technologies. And then uh, after that, I guess I'm going to hang out in the ladies room of Studio 54 for six hours. Just doing bumps. Busy day. Do you guys have a favorite Eminem line? I love. It's a whole run at the end of I'm back. Yeah, for, I'm back on Marshmallow's LP where he mm-hmm. talks about uh, it's it's something I don't think how he says it, but it's like um. It, it it's like uh, talking about the rumor that he's just sticking to Christina. Mm-hmm. But if I did it with any singer in showbiz, it'd be Jennifer Lopez and Puffy. You know this. Sorry, Puff, but I don't give a fuck. If that chick was my own mother, I'd still fuck her with no rubber and come inside her and have a son and a new uh, brother at the same time and just say that it ain't mine. What's my name? Whoa. And it goes to the chorus. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, that's, it's dirty, but I think that's so funny and that's so his, that's a perfect bri- example. So brilliant of yeah. like the 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 technical yeah. skill have and a, also yeah. just like have a son and a new so brother perverted. at the same time and just say that ain't mine. What's my name? Is I just love that. Oh my god! Oh man! <laughs> I feel so a little weird. I just <laughs> said that. Yeah, no, I, I, I still I, I know it. I just knew it. Yeah, uh, Chris, uh, you have a favorite line. This this one feels lame. I mean, I like this stuff in Without Me where he talks about where he's like ragging on Elvis Presley 
and then in the middle of it has a really insightful clip, clip about how white people have been stealing black people's musics from the beginning of time. Yeah. He is very... Uh, I'm not the first king of controversy. I am the worst thing since Elvis Presley yeah, to, to do black music intro. so selfishly and use it to get myself wealthy. Yeah. Hey, uh, I just love <laughs> hey. even like the inflection because he's like to do black music so selfishly. Yeah, like yeah. the emphasis on ish and selfishly. Yeah, selfishly. Uh, he, I also he, he does. I will say throughout his career. Yeah, throughout his career, he's very open acknowledging that he is as big as he is because he's white. Yeah, and he never pretends that isn't the case. He mm-hmm. he say, he references it all the time. He's just very like I would not be as big as I am if I wasn't a white guy and I just think it's it's I like that he is so just unabashed about acknowledging that and making jokes about it throughout yeah. his entire discography. He never he he always is talking about that. It's but funny I, I, that he like what he does not uh kind of hit the bar in terms of like misogyny and homophobia. Like he I feel like he's never been accused of being racist. racist? No. No. And his fans might be. <laughs> yeah, some of his fans probably are. Um, no, he's, I mean, well, he's not. And, and, and you also, it's funny, you never hear, um, I mean, he's so respected in mm. the hip hop community. He's so, you, like, you, you hear other rappers say, you, like, you don't, don't say anything about him because he because he's such like a vicious battle rapper and he and he'll go at you so he'll, he'll yeah. well, well, I mean I mean, just, I mean just look at what he's said about uh, about people non at rap who've disrespected him he's just so about you know like he did a, like a, that weird mixtape song or like a, a underground song about Mariah Carey oh, when yeah. she, that's like so gross and dark and awful t- towards her it's like he and, yeah. and, and, and she hit first she did that weird video that was like about obsessed. him obsessed with the video with he was in it so just i think he just is like commands so much respect yeah. um in the in the black hip-hop community you gotta come correct if you want to fuck with eminem I, I was he'll just, fuck you right back i was just gonna also say i always like about he, how he talks about choking people to death with a charleston chew uh just because <laughs> charleston like chew was one of my favorite candies <laughs> I mean, and it's you know that's a tough candy, so I feel like that yeah. that would do the job. It just you like needed the, to just like coming out of that verse or like transitioning it over so smoothly but so abruptly, where he's like choking to death with the Charles and two chicka 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 like, <laughs> right on. Yeah, uh, there's no like weight or any again, extra like weight to that stuff. All the all the fucking alliteration at the beginning, where it's like choke with Charles and chew chicka chicka chicka, like yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good stuff. Yeah great you don't want to know what my favorite line is. yes <laughs> i really like any in uh uh the real slim shady when he says will smith don't got a cousin's raps to sell records so i do so fuck him and fuck you too. <laughs> i love that too that's a great one that's a great one like, that's, that's so the, simple because doesn't will smith accept like a vma and, and like say like i don't got a cuss to sell yeah. my records which is a very lame thing to say yeah, in an acceptance dad. speech especially because it's like this rappers have been cussing i mean come on forever it's a really incredibly lame thing to take a stand on like if you don't want to do it that's fine but to get up there and be like I don't say the bad words yeah it's it's, it's like Will Smith school marm yeah I mean the real Slim Shady is chock full of Of amazing quotable lines it's it's so funny so many burns yeah and I, I just like that he's not necessarily insulting Will Smith as a person. He's just insulting his, like, uh, you know, squeamishness at, at yeah, curse yeah. words. <laughs> uh, and it's also good, like, the all-encompassing anger of Real Slim Shady about even his own producer. Where's Dr. Dre been? Dead. Locked <laughs> in my basement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like everyone. And you know Dre's, like, sitting on the other side of the booth being like, what the fuck is this guy <laughs> talking he's, about? He's, like, in, if I remember correctly, he's, like, in the video nodding in the background. I'm like, yep, I am. You yeah. killed me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I feel like this is a good point to point out that the, the book was co-written or ghostwritten or whatever by Neil Strauss. Yes. Did the Dirt, I think, the Motley Crue bio. Yeah. And then, uh, That's definitely on our list. We're going to hit that uh, It's going to be a big wait, yeah, And then he was a pickup artist. I forget what his... Mystery? No. No, he wasn't mystery. He had another book. Seclusion? Uh, no, I don't know. I'm if, just making. I don't remember what his name. The game. Thank you. The Neil game. Strauss is Neil, the game. The Neil game Strauss, Strauss is the game. Oh yep. shit! What? I did not know this. Yep. Oh my god! Wow. So this is, uh, <laughs> that sheds some light, I think, on the uh, description and treatment of women. Oh my god! Throughout the the book. Wow, that's is, quite a revelation. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> that's that's wow. Okay, <laughs> that puts some things into perspective for me, certainly. <laughs> And hearing about this, especially it's gonna oh get God, it's gonna I, get more lurid before it gets less. Does it ever? Lurid, oh man, that actually really makes me want to read into like what Neil Strauss's deal is, like mm-hmm. <laughs> his whole deal dual career as as rock ghostwriter slash professional creep. Right. Mm. Yeah. This, there's a symbiosis here yeah, that yeah. was clearly mutual mutually beneficial for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that the game happened after that because you could easily imagine Marilyn Manson being like, to, talking to his agent now, being like, "I think I want to write a memoir," and the agent being like, "You need a real professional creep to help you out." Right? No, right. just the guy. <laughs> uh, so the band uh, gets more provocative, more you know, more button pushing at an early show in Tampa. Marilyn tries to cover himself uh, with a canister of 500 crickets. When he <laughs> when he releases them, they're all dead, and the, <laughs> the scent of the dead crickets causes him to immediately throw up. Oh my god, that's amazing. In response, half a dozen people in the audience also throw up, <laughs> and this is how he learns that disgust is contagious. <laughs> That I wish I had video of that moment. I let, I, dead crickets. I think disgust is contagious would make a great children's book title. Like everybody poops and disgust, disgust is, contagious. is contagious. Or also a Marilyn Manson song. Yes. Yep. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The weekend also like Drake is somebody who makes having fun seem like not a good time. Yes. That's their like whole aesthetic is uh, is like uh, it's so much. It's just so much effort to be on cocaine all the time. <laughs> I just can't feel my face. Uh, I hate. I hate not feeling my face, but what? it's great. But I really, I chose. I chose this life. I, chose I can't play face. Six Inch because uh, we're DJing off of Sportify. Damn. Well, listen to Six Inch and think about how the weekend ruined it. Um, <laughs> listen to Six Inch and get really mad at the weekend. There's. I can't remember which weekend song, but there's one where the line is basically like, "I already had two, sex with two women tonight, so just warning you about that." I'm like, <laughs> "Who's that good for?" Like. You, you're probably tired. Your dick is probably tired. Like, go home. Yes. Go to sleep. And this girl, this girl doesn't deserve that. You're out. You've been out late enough the weekend. Yeah. You're keep it. Keep your sack hidden. <laughs> Put it to like self care. Take a nap the weekend. Yeah. I feel like he needs a, a good face mask. Nobody's making you do this the weekend. Some Ben and Jerry's old flicks. Just uh, just chill. I feel the same way about Sky Ferreira. Like some people are just like you're running your you're burning the candle at both ends. I d- yeah, I'll I'll do a moisturize. I, we were talking about the weekend a little earlier before we started recording. I don't really envision the weekend of having a really long career. We'll see. The weekend has he has a great voice. He's a great voice. Commonly uh, compared to Michael Jackson, I don't see his whole thing having a long runtime to it. But we'll see. We'll see. Continuing on, Katy Perry. Okay. Katy Perry, <laughs> fucked Riff Raff. <laughs> uh, Minus 
800 points, Katy Perry. Uh, 800 points from Gryffindor. Wow. It's been a hell of a year. We've learned, we've grown, we've shedded parts of our old selves that we no longer need, and we've taken on new parts that give us beautiful new facets and dimensions. Wouldn't you say, Molly? I would say so. I, you know, it's been great to see this podcast start as the twinkle in your in your eye, in our eyes, and then become um, an audio an audio show full of uh, fun moments. Yes. <laughs> not good. I'm not yes. I mean, I would just like to thank out our our literally dozens of listeners. Uh, last time, <laughs> dozens. Uh, last time I checked the charts, um, we do it all for you. Um, and we appreciate you. I mean, you're, if you're listening to this right now, you are, um, really in on the ground floor of something that'll soon become a juggernaut, I'm sure. Uh, and thank you for listening. Those who have listened for this first part of this, uh, goofy thing that we're doing mostly for fun, but hopefully you out there are uh, enjoying it as well. But eventually for a profit, <laughs> cold hearted profit. Yes. Just like the bands we surveyed, uh, we are working every day for that moment where this, uh, podcast becomes not so much as a fun project among friends, but a corporation bent on ruthless exploitation of our creativity for cash. If you are a, a, a slimy manager type or no one, please get in touch. Yes. All you, uh, fellas out there in sharkskin suits, get at us. Cause we are ready to sell out at a, the drop of a hat. We're, we can't wait to be exploited. We can't wait to read about underwears and their, uh, and advocate for certain brands over other brands. I mean, I, I'm a pretty, I'm a free market. I'm a free market, free agent when it comes to undies. So I'm just saying the playing field's wide open. Me undies, you undies, our undies, they undies. We'll show, show for them all. Yeah. They undies sounds nice. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't care less what mattress I, I'm on. Just put a, put some cushions under me and I'll, I'll sell that shit for you. I'll sleep on a plywood box. Um, if it is shipped to my door with free shipping. Yeah. If it's a box whose most notable feature is that it comes folded up into a smaller box and expands into a larger box, I would sleep on that and then review it positively. If it's a box that also has like, you know, a third party content piece where you get like a newsletter every month that talks about like how great boxes are like I'm in. Anything you're looking forward to in the new year? I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping to do our first oral history. That's good. I was gonna. All I could think of was like, I would love to have a different president next year. But like, <sighs> oh, that's I meant podcast specific. No, I'm, I have no podcast goals. I'm just thinking of. I'm just thinking about America all the time. Okay, we're gonna get the president impeached with this podcast. That's the new goal. And and impeaching. Yeah. And intro peaching. <laughs> and intro And intro peaching. Join us next year for more adventures of books about music and also getting a new president. Uh, so, so long. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Uh, more good stuff to come. We already have fun guests and books uh, in the docket. And we'll listen to you next. And we'll see. And you'll hear. And we'll be there next time on And Introducing. Introducing.